the volume. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, welcome back to another episode of Boxing with Chris Mannix on the Volume Sports Podcast Network. Got a terrific show for you today. Gareth A. Davies, longtime journalist over in the UK. He was ringside for Anthony Joshua's loss to Alexander Usyk. We dive into everything to do with that fight. We also talk about Tyson Fury's upcoming title defense against Deontay Wilder. Go a little bit in on Manny Pacquiao and what is going on between Teofimo Lopez and George Cambosis. A little bit later on, Bryant Jennings, the former heavyweight title challenger who was set to challenge for the new Bridgerweight title next month, he is now out of that fight because of vaccine-related issues. Bryant takes us through what's been going on there behind the scenes and why exactly he has refused to take the vaccine. As always, best way to support this podcast is Get over to Apple Podcasts, post a comment, leave a rating. It's simple, it's easy, it's free. It's the best way to make sure we keep doing this podcast week after week. That's it. All right, on to the show. All right, Gareth A. Davies is here, my good friend from the other side of the Atlantic, the Telegraph, Talk Sport, many other media outlets, a media mogul over in the UK, and he joins me. Uh, where are you joining me from now, Gareth? What? Uh... Well, I'm joining you from a hotel room, um, my party suite at the um, <laughs> at the Wembley Hilton. <laughs> uh, the Wembley Hilton. Well, I've got a little nice tequila and cranberry here to keep me going through the show. 
Got to. Uh, every time I take a slug, it means I'm getting bored. Just to warn oh. you in advance. Um, no, I'm 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 50 yards away from the Bellator MMA 267 event uh, tomorrow night. It's on the BBC iPlayer. They've made huge advancements here. They were on Sky and Channel Five before, you know, which is Channel Five, the equivalent of Channel Five in America. Now they're on, um, you know, CBS basically. Um, free to air BBC, so that's brilliant. Great event on the main um, the main card. Great main event. Douglas Lima and Michael Venom Page, very well known to fans of the fight world, and then Liam McCourt from Belfast going to a girl called Jessica Borger from Florida, and then Saturday night we got Chris Eubank Jr. and the big relaunch of Sky and Boxer and and Bob Arum and Wassam and Boxing. So I'm doing those two, and then it's quickly going home packing a case, having the COVID test and heading to Vegas for Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Two massive weeks in the heavyweight division, as you well know, Chris. So no that's question. where I am. It's lovely to be with you. You look very well. I appreciate that. No, no question. A big couple of weeks in the heavyweight division. Big week last week. And you were there um, in London for Anthony Joshua's second career loss. Alexander Usyk picking up three pieces of the heavyweight title. Let's start here, Gareth. You were there. In your mind, the biggest reason Anthony Joshua lost was what? Well, he tried to outbox the boxer and he was gun shy. They got the game plan wrong and he was he was hustled out of the fight early, tried to get back in the middle rounds five and six. And then I think it's a, it's a strange expression to use against Anthony Joshua on Alexander Usyk but he got old manned out of the rest of the fight by boxing, but by a very masterful boxer without, without fouling him or hitting him with his elbow or pushing him into the corner or dropping his head on him or clinching him or showing that he was determined not to lose the world heavyweight belts and that it was going to go out on his shield and he'll be very disappointed, but he gets a rematch. And I think I scored it nine to three, Rounds to Usyk, I'm afraid. That's fair. I had an 8-4 uh, for Usyk, um, and it could have easily been 9-3. I think I gave AJ one of those early rounds. To me, I agree with you. He lost because he didn't have a great game plan, and we can get into that. And I don't think he's the same guy since Andy Ruiz. I think this was the first fight where we really saw the ripple effects of the lost Andy Ruiz in 2019. The rematch with Ruiz was boring, and that in part can be blamed on Ruiz showing up 280 plus pounds, not prepared for that fight. You didn't see it there. You didn't see it against Kubrat Pulev because Pulev is over 40 and nowhere close to being on Anthony Joshua's level. Against Usyk, he fought a guy, arguably the most skilled fighter he's fought to date, who was not afraid of him, who had a little bit of pop, and Joshua looked like he was afraid to let his hands go. That's what I saw on TV, Gareth. How much of that do you think is true? Yeah, I agree with you on everything. And afraid, I'm not sure. Because um, I think there's a nuanced difference between gun-shy and afraid. I don't think he's afraid of anyone. I don't think he's afraid. I thought he was slightly disfocused. We always do this. We look back, don't we, at little details in an event when it goes wrong for someone. And... Let's be honest, all everyone's talking about in the boxing world is Anthony Joshua right now, which in my view, just to plant it there, first of all, he's still the A game. He's still the A side for everyone. 
68,000 people, you saw it from over there, it must have looked amazing. And not only that, they had 70 flaming minutes between Nicole's win and Joshua. So it wasn't fight fans banging their feet on the ground waiting for another fight. People were just out for a night out, an event. So he's a big draw in the mainstream. Um, I think I, I think all those things I agree with you on. And I think it points to the fact that his best career performances so far is Klitschko, four years ago here at Wembley, the big Wembley. Um, and it's a really, it's a really weird thing because there's a, there's a massive hiatus between his marketability um, as an athlete, as a figure, as a modern young modern sports icon, and what he is in terms of a boxing purist. Thirty-five amateur fights to U6 350 that he largely won, and probably half of those he got robbed because that's the way amateur boxing is in some countries, or very probably won most of them. He's a skilled master. He's an unusual southpaw in that he crabs around a lot and stands front on to you with his feet. Um, I think Joshua was hit by punches he didn't see coming. Not punches that were going to knock him out, although he got wobbled in the seventh. And I think slowly but surely, I think even his corner probably realised, this is what we've trained him to do. He's got to stick to it now. We don't want him going gung-ho because from seven onwards... It looked like if he went into big exchanges, he could have come out far the worst in them and maybe even have been stopped, which makes people say, if he does take the rematch, which I'll, we'll talk about in a minute, I know. Um, I think they wanted to, to get him to the end of the fight. I want to talk to you about the game plan, though, because this is now the second time, going back to the first Ruiz fight, why I've been befuddled by Anthony Joshua's game plan. He has never, Gareth, fought like a typical big man. He frequently fights like a middleweight where he's on the outside, he's being aggressive, but he doesn't use his physical tools, whether it's his jab as often as he should, or as Fury does and other big heavyweights have, the ability to lean on guys. Use that big frame to lean down and you know soak away some of the energy from the legs of your smaller opponent. He came in at 240 pounds. I don't know what that was all about. I don't know why you want to be more nimble in the ring against a smaller fighter. I think you want to use that size advantage. So I didn't agree with that going in. I, I just think that played a big part in it. And as we spin this thing forward, we got to talk about Rob McCracken and we got to talk about the future with Rob McCracken. Where do you stand on um, the kind of changes that Anthony Joshua needs to make going into the rematch? I don't think he needs, I think he needs to have a look at his team. I think he needs to maybe remove himself from the sports science aspect of what he's doing all the time. He's the most sports scientific athlete I've ever known in fight sports. You know, I haven't been around forever, but sports science wasn't huge 30 years ago, was it? You know, so um, or it was in its own way in its own day. But I think Robin McCracken is still a very astute trainer. Um, but you can get the game plan wrong. But at this level he's at now, there's so much at stake. And this was a low-reward, high-risk fight. Whatever you, However you look at it, it was a low-risk, high-risk, low-reward fight. Especially what, given what could have come afterwards if Fury wins, as you mentioned. Um, I think I, I, I would like to see Joshua 
go on a sojourn through the States, put his head guard on if he has to or whatever, and go and spar in a load of American gyms and do some fighting. Because that's what he's built for. He's a fighter. And just get into it and do it and see how he feels. And um, I think that was the way you mentioned it. That was the way we all assumed he would fight Alexander Usyk. You know, like when I say to you, imagine Fury, three and a half stones, over three and a half stones heavier than Usyk. You think he's not going to hold him and lean on him and like really push him down and make him feel how heavy he is. 60 pounds of weight on top of him or 50 pounds of weight extra. Um, I think the, 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 I touched on it earlier, the lack of amateur experience that Joshua has and the fact he's still involved with the amateur setup, the English Institute of Sport. He's got all his psychological and sports science scaffolding there, but I think he needs to go into an old school German and learn some tricks and moves and pushing the elbow around and being a bit dirty and, um, look, you can't learn that in five months. Um, and I think it's because it, 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 what well, the reason we're discussing the game plan is he's accepted the rematch. So if he's heavier next time, and if he tries to fight him and he's heavier, he's going to be a little bit slower, more powerful. So you six going to know what he's got to do. And it might be another 12 round fight where he can't hit him, but maybe closer, but Usyk wins it. Or if he tires, so they go into exchanges, you know, either of them could get stopped, you know? Yeah, uh, but let me, let me say this, though. Like, I think he needs to make a change at the top. And I don't know why that's really all that controversial in, in every sport. Coaches can... You know, th their voice sometimes gets lost. They get tuned out. It, you just need to make a change. Sometimes you need to make a change. And uh, soccer, football over here, the NBA. I mean, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history. He's been fired before. Doc Rivers, great coach in the NBA. He was just fired two years ago. I mean, coaches get let go. Teams and individuals make changes. A history of boxing, Gareth. Every great fighter has basically had multiple trainers in their who, career, you want to look. Who would you say then? Oh, Teddy Atlas. I go to Teddy Atlas. I think Anthony Joshua needs the exact opposite of Rob McCracken. I think he needs somebody that's going to curse him out, that's going to take him up to that whatever shithole he's up in in upstate New York, whatever gym he's working out of, and you know, kind of beat him down a little bit and and change his mindset, or at least try to. Teddy's got great experience with heavyweights. Work with Tyson. Work with Michael Moore. Uh, recently was with Tim Bradley, and Tim Bradley sang his praises uh, about the work Teddy did uh, with him. I, I would love to see that union and see what happens with, with those two coming together. I just, I don't, I think Rob's a great coach, but I think sometimes you need to make a change. And at 31 years old, I think Anthony Joshua needs to make a change. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you that it merits him having a very, very close look at it. And, you know, divorce is never a nice thing, especially if you've been, you know, he's been with Rob McCracken almost since the very beginning, you know, 10 years, um, maybe even longer, it might be 11 years now. So um, even though he was with Tony Sims, he was still advised by, by Robert McCracken. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, <clears throat> if he gets beaten badly by Usyk again, his career's in tatters anyway. Yep. Because there's only three fights after that anyway. Fury, Wilder, and Dillian White, in my view, um, given the level he's at. But 
I think you have to take other factors in here. I think, you know, he may have reached his limit, you know, and he's achieved, the weird thing is, he's achieved extraordinary things. Three world's heavyweight title belts, an Olympic super heavyweight gold, riches beyond your one's wildest dreams. And the, but the fascinating thing is, with some people, it doesn't matter. And he's a great human being. I, I, I've got so much time for Andy Joshua. He's a great icon for, for the modern era, for, for young people over here. For you know, He's not as big a figure in the States as he is here, but he is a great star here. Yes, his stock has fallen as a result. Everyone can have a bad night. I know we know our boxing, so I don't disagree with anything you say about the last two years have looked a bit odd. He's not that destroyer that knocked out 18 opponents in his first 18 opponents in 44 rounds. Some good know? ones too. And some good ones. Um, and some pretty poor ones as well. But that's boxing. Right. Um, and I think you, you can't psychologically... He wants to be better. Psychologically, he wants to believe he can box. Like, that's why he took Usyk on in that way. Wrong strategy, in my view. But that's hindsight. I mean, I always thought he was going to be aggressive. I always said, I said at the very beginning, I pictured Usyk there in the last two or three rounds. And me thinking, he will have done something wrong if Usyk's still there in rounds in 11 and 12. Where would Lennox Lewis be if he didn't change trainers and go to Emmanuel Stewart? Yeah. Where would Vladimir Klitschko be? If he didn't change trainers and go to Amanda's story, where would Manny Pacquiao be if he didn't wander into Freddie Roach's gym 18, 20 years ago and and go with Freddie Roach? It happens. It's needed sometimes. And I look at Joshua and I see a fighter that is maybe too comfortable right now. That is too it's almost like Rocky before he fought Clubber Lang the first time. He's just very kind of comfortable in his surroundings. You've been to that facility of his the in the, the is, uk yeah. right more times than i have i've been there and like he's just very comfortable there as well it's his home surroundings um i think he needs to shake it up i think he needs to have some kind of grueling training camp in the winter in upstate new york not to make it too rocky-esque which reminds you of rocky four but he needs to have something different in his professional life. And that, to me, is someone like Teddy Atlas, Freddie Roach, whoever it may be. I saw somebody suggest Stephen Edwards. I don't know about that. But I would love to see a, a new voice in the corner of Anthony Joshua because maybe that new voice, Gareth, can push him to another level. Maybe he has plateaued at this point of his career. Maybe a new voice can push him to that next level because I don't have any confidence that the rematch happens five, six months from now that we're going to see a much more different outcome. You know, I, I don't, it, this is not the same thing as when Ruiz beat him. Ruiz caught him with a big shot, flurried, was able to finish him off. This is different. This was 12 rounds of Usyk looking like the better fighter for like nine of them. And unless you make a drastic change, I think you're going to get more of the same thing. Let's talk about Fury Wilder for a second. Um, how, you know, how surprised would you be if Deontay Wilder knocks Tyson Fury out? Well, it, it, it's a possibility. If Fury's not on his game, you know, yeah. do I have to speak while I'm doing it or not? You know, I mean, <laughs> yes, since most people are listening to the podcast, Gareth, yes. Yeah, well, I'm moving, swaying backwards and forwards and moving in different directions. I'll probably get roasted by Tyson Fury for doing that when he sees this, like I was by Bob Arum last night for wearing blue glasses. Mm -hmm. But 
in respect to Bob, I've got yellow ones on tonight. So, um, um, look, he's always dangerous. Um, I think Wilder is a more dangerous fight for Tyson Fury than Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. Yeah. Um, because he's got the power to put you to sleep. What is it? 98% knockouts in his career or 95 or something. The most ever. I know all of those weren't... Um, really what you'd call elite elite fighters but he's really dangerous you have to i think he's mentally rebuilt himself wilder i thought some of the excuses were i think he should have accepted the loss i'd like to have heard that publicly that it wasn't due to this or that or the other he got lost he got lost in the fight and he got beaten up and he got knocked down but wilder's big enough strong enough and long in the tooth enough to come back from that. And mentally, maybe he has. I'm fascinated to see them in fight week. It's no foregone conclusion. I don't know if you were on the call with Tyson Fury last night. No, no, but I talked you to him been. last week. Well, you should have been. And basketball's no, no excuse ever. <laughs> um, even if you're doing stuff live, you should still have it on the corner with your headphones in. Fair. Um, <laughs> um, People must think I hate you. I've been giving you a hard time since the hard beginning. Hard time, of- man. Just taking shots. <laughs> no, I, look, we'll, my question, hey, I'll put we'll this to you. We'll do some shots in Vegas. I'll, we'll I'll do put, some shots. I'll put this to you. I, I think my biggest question is, you know, does Fury come in with the same confidence, the same mindset? Um, I think he'll be in the same kind of shape that he was in the last time. But, you know, as with Joshua, Fury spent months kind of – mentally kind of locked in on the Joshua fight. He was told by his team over and over again that they were going to win the arbitration against Deontay Wilder. That matter was settled. And now within the span, and it's been a little bit more time because of uh, uh, Fury's COVID diagnosis, but he's now had to kind of mentally shift back to Deontay Wilder. And I wonder if we look, if we see the exact same Tyson Fury we saw in fight number two, he's going to win and he's probably going to win by knockout. But if there is anything different in him he's a little less sure of himself going into this fight I think Wilder certainly has enough pop left in his hands and he's coming in knowing this is it we talked about Joshua maybe having to rebuild Deontay Wilder doesn't rebuild from this he's what 36 uh his career is done if he doesn't if he gets knocked out again by Tyson Fury so he's coming in with a winner go home type of attitude yes I still think there's an appetite to see if he's up for it, Deontay Wilder to fight Dillian White. Um, Deontay Wilder to fight Anthony Joshua. Do you not want to see those fights? I do, but I'm not sure that Wilder... I I don't know that Wilder would do it. I think if he gets back-to-back knockout losses, that might be it for him. He might walk away. I've got to say this. I have found, even though he poked his face in mine once, which was pure parody... I really like the guy, and I found yeah. him a fascinating interview every single time I've spoken to him about black issues, about African-American issues, about where he stands. I find him highly intelligent um, and fascinating and quirky and, and wild and weird and all different things. I, don't, I never understand why he isn't a bigger star in the U.S. I, that, that's one thing that it's I would easy, like. It's easy, it's easy to explain. Like, you... You can't become a huge star if all your fights are against like Bermain Stavern, Arthur Spilka. There's no buzz. Like there's never. He walks down the street in New York, and you know, I put his put on his hat backwards. You 
probably kind of thing is LeBron James. Like it's not, it's, it's, it's just not enough to be knocking guys out. You've got to knock, you know, real guys out. You've got to have buzz going into your fights, buzz coming out of your fights. And until the Tyson Fury matchups, he hasn't had that at this point. That's why it's not because he's not entertaining or anything like that. It's just, you know, people notice you when you fight top level fighters and Wilder before Fury had not. It's a more crowded landscape, isn't it, in America than ours? Ours is quite clean. It's quite linear that our major boxing stars, there's two of them. Yeah. Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. And, you know, we don't... And they both fight once or twice a year, so it's four major events a year for us. It's a tiny little island that's no longer part of Europe. I don't want to get political on here because it's not a political podcast, but... Um, you know, I think Wilder's always dangerous. He's very exciting. I've liked his talk in the build-up. But for me, Fury can time him. He's the much better boxer. He cannot get himself into certain positions, certain angles and positions that Wilder throws. Otherwise, he's quite gangly and um, unorthodox and off-balance. And I think Fury finds that... it's. Fury has his number in movement terms, you know, in the dance, Fury wins the dance every round. But it's the 20 months away of them both, I find fascinating as well, that could play into the fight here, that I think that's a bit of an equalizer in lots of ways. Um, four camps, Fury was telling us last night, he's been through, four camps, Chris. And when did you last time you heard someone go through four camps and not have a fight when they weren't imprisoned? But we've been imprisoned by COVID. You know, um, I mean, I thought they might move it again when Joshua lost to November when the Brits can travel to America a little easier. But, you know, fingers crossed they both step into the ring on October the 9th. I think Fury gets the job done. I see him as a, a pretty big favourite. He's a three-to-one favourite, as we'd call it. Um... And then, and then, of course, the ramifications. Because do we want Wilder versus Usyk for the heavyweight champion of the world? I'm, I'm I'd just, watch that. I think that's actually more fun than Fury versus Usyk, frankly. I mean, it's more stylistically entertaining. You got the boxer so versus the like puncher it. again. There's an American in it. Yeah, no, I mean, look, Joshua versus Usyk on paper is, you know, entertaining but you know you just said it earlier Usyk versus Fury wouldn't be the most entertaining fight I mean I think Wilder probably gets outboxed but he could still land that big shot which is always makes him entertaining in the ring I I think that one of my biggest questions with Wilder is does he come in and try to be something different I don't think you can reinvent yourself at this stage of your career Malik Scott is he going to try to make him into like a body puncher is he going to he needs to kind of do what he does and but do it better than he did yeah. the second time around, specifically coming forward. Like, he cannot fight off his back foot like he did in that second fight because he doesn't have the same power. Nobody does when they're fighting got, off their back foot. He's got to try and meet Fury's jab in this fight. And he hasn't got a bad jab, but he's got to faint more and he's got to use some timing. Yeah, I think he evolved a little bit in that one. And he, like you say, you, if... If you put the bully on the back foot, he can't bully you. And he is he is a bully when he fights. He's, a, I mean, an amazing boxing bully when he's when he's on top. So don't let him be on top. Fury knows all about this. He's from a ten generations of bare knuckle fighters. You know, he had gloves on when he was four or five. You know, his his grand is one of his great uncles, or his I think it's one of his great uncles, Bartley Gorman, was the king of the gypsies. You know about Bartley Gorman? Yep. 
Yeah, and he was the king of the story. Yeah. He lived in his caravan. He had his big bag hanging off an oak tree. They put stakes in the ground for the ring um, for the ring to train in, and he fought every man at the at the Gypsy Championships and at the horse racing and Epsom Downs and all these places, you know. Um, so Fury has a natural affinity with his own people's national sport, the travelers, the traveler races, national sports from a little kid. So he's comfortable. I just think if they keep him mentally on track, I think he gets the job done on October the 9th. All right. I want to ask you about a couple of things. And by stoppage again, but later in the fight, in my view. No, that'd be uh, certainly a momentum builder for Tyson Fury as he tries to get uh, busier into 2021, 2022. Um, let me ask you about Manny Pacquiao who announced his retirement this week. Pacquiao, of course, running for president of the Philippines. I, I don't want to get into like a career retrospective of Pacquiao yet, Gareth, because I don't think he's done. I don't. because I mean, the guy is running for president, depending on which poll you read, is not a favorite to win the presidency. A lot of corruption over there uh, as well. And, you know, what I was told this week was that Pacquiao had an offer that would have been an eight-figure payday to fight somebody else uh, either later this year or early next year and turned it down. Um, I think if he loses and the election is in May, we'll see Pacquiao back in the ring once again. That's just my prediction. I, I don't. I know it was a nice video he put out on social media. Maybe he should retire after the way he lost to Jordanis Ugas, but I just get the feeling that Manny Pacquiao has at least one more fight left in him. Have you celebrated on your podcast what a great figure this man is or not yet? I mean, no, but I mean, we've talked about, I mean, the different times where it seems like his career has been over, yes. You know, like, he's one of the all-time greats in boxing, well, wherever you put him in, 2025, yeah, I mean, whatever I, it is. I think I, what, what I would like to say, because it's been a, an immense privilege for me to become like a, a, a Pacquiao-file, if you like. Uh, <laughs> a kind of, I, I mean... I've had so many chats with Filipino people around the world because it's like if you know Pacquiao and you've been to his flat in LA and you've spent time, I did lunch with him on in, in July for 20 minutes and, and I was shit in that interview. I, I, I don't know why. I think I was getting a flight that day back to the UK and I had 20 minutes with him on my own and I didn't truly believe in myself that he was really going to run for president, you know. Um, because popularity is one thing, but trying to win elections in politics is another. Because people don't care that you are a great boxer or a great person. It's what you stand for. And, um, and it's a very divided country, as you, as you rightly say. And there, has, there are incredible power struggles and families and dynasties and all these things, as we know, going back to the Marcoses and so on. Um, but what I would say is, over the time I've known him, and you've known him a similar time, nearly about, I don't know, 15, 18 years, something like that. And we've been to many, many of his fights. It's how we got to know each other. We did the Mayweather and Pacquiao fights. I was always over for them for a period of about eight or nine years when they were both amazing, but particularly between like 2008, 2012, that kind of a, Do you remember that era? And yeah. they were both incredible. And we wanted them to fight each other then, but we had to wait another five years. Um, The fact that he's not changed by his immense fame and his immense wealth, um, sitting there over lunch with him, I 
was staggered at what a what a, what an amazing he is the sports story of our fighting era your of our writing on fighting era for me you can't get a better story you can't get a better narrative he showed what the american dream is he was the darling of the us media you know he he captured the imagination of people he was so famous to his entire nation of 110 million Filipinos. That's what I'm saying. You go around the world, you meet a Filipino, you go, oh, you start talking to about Manny Pacquiao. I'm sure you've done it. Um, although you're not friendly like I am. So, I mean, the, the <laughs> not when you're out. <laughs> Another pop. We'll, I'll buy you a lot of shots when we get to, to mm -hmm. Vegas next week. Don't worry, to make up for it. Um, but... It, it, it's been such a privilege to cover his career because he's never changed. And I, 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 there's so many things about him that I admire that I almost don't want him to go into politics. And people tell me, people I know in the Philippines, that he'll really struggle to be elected because of the, the internecine things that you, that you mentioned, that the internecine rivalries between families and, 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 and I don't say corruption, but, you know, the way they are. Um... It wouldn't surprise me to see him back. It wouldn't surprise me to see him have another fight during the elections. Because now, I think he's I think he's going to play this out, but if he gets beat in May, it certainly sets up a September date against somebody. Maybe it's Errol Spence, maybe it's somebody else. Not Errol um, Spence, no thank you. I don't want to no. see it either, but I think I, I watched him he's slow he's slow now. We need I agree. Against... I agree. He's he should almost get, count get his one, blessings. Get one Manuel Marquez back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, he, sh he should count his blessings in a way that the Spence fight got canceled. And he only got outboxed by Ugas instead of maybe being flattened uh, by uh, Errol Spence. Look, his legacy to me is twofold. One, you're probably never going to see a guy be great at 106 and then be great at 147 ever again. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, that jumping that much in weight and being great at every weight class is nothing short of remarkable. Also, He's one of the few fighters that you can say never ducked anybody ever. Like, you know, however the, however the Mayweather stuff came about, you know, I don't think that was Pacquiao ducking Mayweather and they eventually fought, albeit a few years too late throughout history. Who did he not fight? He faced basically everybody sometimes how, how, multiple times. How can you accuse anyone of ducking? Uh, how can you accuse Pacquiao of ducking anyone when he went from like down at flyway all up to like middle <laughs> Come on, against people like well, light middleweight was Margarito, wasn't it? You know. Yeah. So I mean, it's I'm telling Bob you, the best Cotto, Mayweather, you know, uh, you know, Ricky Hatton, um, you know, Oscar Lomas, Marquez four times, like it's yeah, you know, Tim Bradley three times, like he fought it, bought the best, and that's that to me is the strongest argument for his greatness in an era that we live in where guys are finding way not to take fights. He took every single fight all the way up the ranks. I want to ask you one more thing. Uh, Teofimo Lopez and George Cambosis. Uh, I've been amused by how this has kind of been derailed time after time. It seems to be, as we record this on Thursday, derailed once again. Um, Cambosis, he wants, or first he wanted to have his purse goosed by Triller to have the fight moved to October 16th. Then he wanted Triller to put his purse into escrow. Triller declined on both counts. And now... A fight that was supposed to happen in early June, Gareth, is in limbo once again. What have you been observing uh, about the Lopez-Cambosis drama? Well, Triller have been rumbled anyway. 
Triller, Triller were rumbled, allowing 58-year-old Amanda Holyfield to step into a ring. So they're on borrowed time, in my view, anyway. Um, yeah, they may make a bit of money and do some events, but, you know, they've been exposed a little bit. They need to get their act together. And I'm only one person saying that, a writer and broadcaster and presenter, but they need to get their act together because, you know, they're not, they might get views, but they're not respected for what they've done. Um, well, they're not really getting views either. Yeah, I mean, but they're just not, not respected. So they, they, they are, you know, Ryan Kavanagh and crew, interesting and fascinating as they are, um, need to get their act together, you know, and they, they can do the, they can do the freak show stuff for a while and it can be very successful. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by some of it. I've told you the story about Arthur Craven fighting um, Jack Johnson, haven't I, back in the 20s. You know mm -hmm. about that, don't you? Oscar Wilde's nephew, where he had never, virtually never had a fight, but won the light, French light heavyweight championship because he turned up for the competition. He was the only person to turn up. So he was declared French light heavyweight champion. He did an exhibition bout with um, with Jack, Jack Johnson, who was on tour in, in Europe in a bull ring in Spain. And there were 6,000 people there. And he curled up like an embryo every time he was touched. Um, and it was an exhibition bout. And there was a big riot and all this kind of crap. So it's not like it's never happened before. Um, but um, I think what's happened, as I found last night on the Zoom call, don't fuck with Uncle Bob, yeah? Don't fuck with Uncle Bob because Uncle Bob's been around a very long time. He don't give a shit, yeah? He don't give a shit. And Teofimo Lopez declared himself a star. And, you know, I'm saying this, Teo, because I'm your friend. You're not a star because you win a big fight. You're a star when the people decide. Yeah. And the biggest star in the lightweight division is Ryan Garcia anyway. Yeah. So Teofimo Lopez went into conflict with Bob Aaron because he thought, why am I not getting millions for, for a rematch with um, Basil Lomachenko, who didn't fight for six rounds in, that first, in the first fight. And, and, you know, no wonder he lost. Tio didn't let him in. It was a brilliant performance. Don't get me wrong. Um, and he's a brilliant kid, Tio. Um, but no one was looking at... I, I mean, look at what Bob Arum did during COVID, keeping it alive in the bubble in Vegas, you know, with ESPN. You have to be patient. And he wasn't patient enough. And my reading, in a roundabout way, with stories here and chitter-chatter and a little more tequila, is that Theo should have waited patiently for the rematch when there was an audience and a big crowd, and because there was an appetite for it straight away. You want to see the rematch. So I think Theo needs to get back into the fold with, have the Cambosos fight, fine, at some point whether it's on Triller or with, I don't know if it can be back with ESPN. And no, Bob I think Aaron. it's more likely to wind up with Matchroom. Uh, they have the oh, next Matchroom highest bid. Yeah, the next highest bid. They can do the fight. Yeah. And I've heard yeah. they're interested in picking up that fight before. Yeah, fine. That's year. great. That's all great. Well, you know, because you're doing lots with the zone. So that's probably a little kind of disclosed exclusive. That, that <laughs> no, it's understand. No, it's it's out yeah. there that, you know. But it, the point is, but the point is, that the biggest fights in the lightweight division 
obviously Lopez has got to come through uh, George Cambosos, and I think it's a really good fight, and I think he does. Let's see the Vasil Lomachenko rematch if Lomachenko still wants it. No, I don't care. But, but, I don't but, care. You know nobody, nobody cares. Lomachenko, who cares? I, I don't care about Lomachenko. Loma, that was this. not even a good fight. That was an average fight. Yes or no? Who's the golden goose in the lightweight? Division? Ryan Garcia or Gervonta there Davis? No, Ryan Garcia is the oh, Gervonta Davis sells out Gervonta arenas, Davis does pay-per-views. is the problem for everyone. He's the problem. He is he, – he, if he can keep his life on track – He's probably the best lightweight out there. Yeah, it's Possibly. hard to pick a winner between him and and Teofimo Lopez. I, I got split draw. <laughs> I don't blame. You know what? I, I don't blame Teofimo for not wanting the Lomachenko rematch several months ago. I think going to purse bid actually, you know, in theory on paper was a smart move. If Teofimo did not catch COVID back in June, he would have already collected his four million dollar purse. He would have been able to move on and maybe have the Lomachenko fight again before the end of the year. This is a Triller thing, and Triller not being able to have their act together to put on a fight like this. Why? The biggest question I have. Why? Hold on. The biggest question I have. The biggest question I have with this fight is why won't Triller put the money in escrow? I mean, I've read the paperwork from Greg Smith, the lawyer for Teofimo Lopez. This should be a situation where Triller puts his $2 million in escrow. uh, Cambosis gets on a plane flies to the U.S., and has his fight on October 16th against Lopez. But we're days away from this fight being completely scuttled and maybe Eddie Hearn picking it up, putting it on in November, putting it on maybe with Devin Haney before the end of the year, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. Um, but this has been butchered from really the end, middle of June when Lopez had to bow out. And that, to me, is all entirely on Triller. I don't care anymore. I'm interested to see Lopez back in the ring. That's what I want to see. I like. Yeah, me uh, too. But I couldn't. I couldn't give a fucking monkeys anymore. Like, get it done. Do you know? What nah, I mean? I'm with you. I'm with you, Gareth. I appreciate your time, man. I will see you no, next week. On in that note. Wait, wait. Who wins out of Wilder and Fury? I like Fury. Uh, same, same as you do. Stoppage at some point. But I am curious to see if Wilder can come forward this time. Can Can Joshua win the rematch against Usyk? Not if he keeps his team intact. Um, what color are your underpants today? That's a little bit of a personal question. No, what I'm you have to, to say is, I'm almost commando, baby. I don't, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't go go your way there, Gareth. I don't go always commando. <laughs> Appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk again soon. After 20 years on the same sideline, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick meet this weekend as opponents. It's the goat QB versus the goat head coach, and you can be part of this epic showdown with unbelievable odds on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can win $125 on a $5 bet if either team scores a touchdown. That's right, 25 to 1 odds on any touchdown, any time during the Tampa Bay New England game. Now, I'm buying Tom Brady coming to Foxborough and knocking off the Patriots, mostly because the Bucks are good, and as a proud New Englander, I can say the Patriots are not. So I've got the Bucks to win and frankly, win big. But offers like this are just one of the many reasons I love betting the NFL on FanDuel. It is the number one rated sportsbook app in America. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, and it has fast payouts. Sign up for the FanDuel Sportsbook today using the promo code BOXING and make your first bet one for the history books. Don't forget to use the promo code BOXING so they know I sent eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about 
what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees. A much bigger range than most grills. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Utilize the smoke boost setting to intensify that smoky flavor. Direct flame cooking creates searing, crisping, and browning. Food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You'll cook on two levels at the same time so you can make enough for everyone. Then clean up quick with the pull and clean grease and ash management system at the front of the grill. Cook confidently with intuitive digital controls at the grill and enjoy the sleek, easy-to-use surface. You can also add a heavy-duty rotisserie or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. All right, Bryant Jennings is here, former heavyweight title challenger. He is a top contender for the new WBC Bridgerweight title. Uh, has a scheduled fight for October 22nd against Oscar Rivas, but some issues there with vaccination status, with Canada's policy. And Brian joins me uh, here on the show. By, um, just walk me through kind of what's going on right now, where you are with this situation with the Rivas fight. Okay, so uh, I mean, as of right now, the fight is canceled, um, and they have said that they found. Uh, an opponent. Uh, I spoke to that opponent. It's not that opponent. So I don't know which one that they actually have, but the fight is canceled due to me not, you know, abiding by, you know, Canada's uh, COVID restrictions um, to either be vaccinated or to have, you know, or to do the 14 day quarantine. And I can go into detail of that later, later in the interview. Yeah, no, just, I mean, continue with kind of your, what's been kind of your, you've been dealing with over the last couple of weeks. Canada, as, as you touched on, has laws in place where to, you have to be vaccinated or to do that two-week quarantine, kind of like Australia has um, 
with that. You have chosen, you, you don't believe that doing the two weeks would be able to prepare you enough, or you wouldn't be able to prepare properly for the fight. Right, yes. Okay, so so basically, um, you know, the fight was originally scheduled for June 18th of, of this year. Uh, I started training, started working. You know, uh, training camps cost money, Airbnbs, flights, uh, you know, rental cars, food, equipment, and things like that. Um, I was in Colorado at the time. Um, and so, you know, we got the call that the fight's been postponed. We have no idea why the fight's been postponed or you know, why, the, why the fight's been either, no, yeah, postponed. So come, you know, I, I, I never stopped working out. I mean, I did, I stopped, I, I wasn't in camp, but, you know, I still was making sure that I was, you know, on my on my job because they told me that that the fight would possibly be rescheduled to sometime in maybe uh, September, October. And so I'm like, okay, I know this might just be a tactic to, you know, to catch me slipping. So I kept, you know, I kept working moderately as I do normally. Um, and then, you know, the fight was uh, re-announced and it was re-announced for September the 17th. And I immediately, you know, got, you know, left from Philly, went went to Houston. You know, that, that's where my camps are, are. So I went to Houston, you know, set up. You know, spending more money, um, and as I'm working there, everything's fine. You know, everything's fine, and of course, you know, in camp, certain things go wrong. And I would always say to a fighter, you know, uh, if everything's going right in your camp, then you might have a problem. You know, because something always is going wrong. So, you know, just working and working through it. And so, by the time I, you know, I'm working through everything that's going on, we get another cancellation. And the cancellation was actually due to the young woman who lost her life, you know, in a boxing ring. Uh, and I guess, you know, that 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 made Canada have to cancel all of the upcoming shows. You know, and I'm just thinking like, you know, um, I know boxing is a very dangerous sport and people can actually lose their life. You know, I had more to say about that issue, but I said less because it was a person's life involved. I let it go. You know, um, and then, you know, so as as I, you know, continue training because I never stopped, um, even though we didn't have a date set, I was still waiting. I'm like, OK, they said they were going to do it right away. We were looking at we were looking at uh, October 23rd on the Shakur Stevenson card, you know, having something being in America. So I was thinking, that, oh, OK, now we don't have to be in Canada. It could be in America. Good. You know, that, that way we can we can actually focus on some things. And. As I'm training, maybe a week or two in, you know, they were saying, hey, they, they, they contact my lawyer slash manager, Josh Dubin, and it was just like, okay, well, we haven't received his, his COVID restrictions. Now, mind you, in between, they were supposed to actually have gave me uh, a $25,000 advance taken from the actual purse. I didn't, I didn't really like the advance. Taken, taken, from, taken from the purse because now that takes away from what I'm looking forward to and I've already spent what I've already spent. And so, you know, uh, I would have needed it to be aside from the purse, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to put up no fights and nothing like that. So I was like, okay, money now was better than no money at all. And so that was, that was, which was probably a, just a verbal agreement between the manager and, and your Michelle, but it never happened. And so, and so I moved my camp over to Vegas, the second part, Shakur's in camp, Jared, uh, Jared Anderson is in camp. Uh, F.A. Jaguars in camp, and they particularly go to, go go to Vegas. 
and I'm in Houston and I understand my importance on my camp, but I also understand the importance of all of the trainers and mixing everything together. And it means it, it takes, it don't take too much more than what I was already doing to actually just move my camp from, 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 uh, from, from Houston to Vegas. And besides I'm, I'm sparring FA and I'm sparring Jared, and then we can bring another sparring from where, from wherever it need be. Um, and so the day that I'm, I am actually on the plane, like on the plane, the plane is taxiing. It didn't take off yet. And I get the text from Josh and Josh is saying that, okay, well, they're saying if you don't take the vaccine, then you won't be able to fight. He said, are you willing to take the vaccine? I mean, I still have this text system. Um, and I was just like, uh, I was like, COVID test? Yes. Vaccine, vaccination? Nah. And so I was just like, hey, should I should I get off of this flight? Like, let me know what I should be doing. And so he was just like, uh, no, this is what they're saying. They're hard on it, blah, 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 blah. And he just got off the phone. And so I'm just like, okay, well, I immediately went on Airbnb.com, Airbnb app, and I canceled my Airbnb for Vegas, even though I'm on a plane, you know, because I'm like, wow, it's, it was $2,300 for, for two weeks. You know, uh, I got it all the way up to, to the six or whatever it was. And I'm just thinking like, okay, well, I don't want to have to commit to Airbnb because that was my problem when I was in Colorado. I committed all the way to a certain point and then the fight got canceled. And I just had to just leave. I left and I was like, there's no need for me to just be sitting in Colorado now just because I got free living space now up until whatever date. And so, and so, so therefore, you know, I, I, booked, I booked me a hotel in Vegas on a Tuesday, which was fine. I only booked two days, I booked two days at a time. I said, if this fight's not going on, it's my mindset. If this fight is not going on, then, you know, I need to, I need to be able to be in control of, you know, when to say, you know, when to hold and when to forward and just go, because there would be no more need for me to spend another dime in Vegas, you know, with the rent a car, with, with the, with the uh, you know, picking hotels or whatever, or, or committing to a living space in Vegas. Um, and so, and so basically I was just on a day to day basis. And so the day, a day had passed, you know, maybe the next day or the day after, and I'm just like, okay, what's the word? I had to check out of this hotel we were tomorrow, today, whatever day it was. And, and it's just like, well, he's saying that he's trying to get an exemption for you. Um, you know, um, you know, are you like, do like, why don't you just get the vaccine? And you know, Milo is vaccinated. He, we did have plenty of conversations about you know my understandings on not getting vaccinated, you know. Um, and so, therefore, it could be somewhat of a conflict in between there. But the understanding is bigger than a conflict between me and and my lawyer. So, so basically, it's just like okay, we'll see about any exemptions or whatever. So the next day or whatever, I think just two days passed, which is Thursday now or whatever, or maybe maybe Friday. And it was just like okay, we're we're going to get we're going to try to. No, no, they issued, they issued, uh, they, they told us what the exemptions were. And so the exemption was that, I'm sorry, I'm, they told me that they granted me the exemption. And, but they granted only me the exemption and no one else. Um, um, I did have one, I do have one coach that's vaccine, that's vaccinated. My manager's vaccinated, but he'll be tied up in a lot of other different things. I, I wasn't banking on him actually attending the fight. He's not part of the corner. It doesn't matter if he's at the fight or not. We're talking trainers. Only one trainer is vaccinated. My other two trainers are not vaccinated. Um, I don't have a cut man that's actually vaccinated. Um, and so we would have to have used a cut man that's from Canada, which 
ah, I don't know you. I'm not familiar with you. You know, you're, you could be on his side and that's just what it is in a combat sport. It's a battle. It's a, it's a battle between this side and this side. And so we're very skeptical about, about choosing and selecting other people that's come to represent us. So, so that was just all on the table. And so the exemption was granted, but the, uh, the, 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 the things was that I would, I would quarantine in a hotel for 14 days. I would get there on the 7th, October 7th. This is in writing. This is in text message. I would get there. I would get there October 7th, quarantine for 14 days. I know what math is. 7 plus 14 is 21. The fight's on the 22nd. And I'm just thinking like, okay, quarantine for 14 days. Now let's break this down. Why wouldn't a fighter want to quarantine for 14 days? So first of all, I'm alone, right? I'm not allowed to quarantine with anyone. Um, and then I'm in a room, right? And then, and then, uh, and, and so, and so I have, I, I have, I'm like, like I'm a vegan. I like, I, I want to go to a supermarket or at least have a certain amount of food for a certain amount of days, not, not two weeks. Like, you get what I'm saying? If it's just a couple of days, I'll go get some apples and stuff like that. And we'd be cool for a couple of days, maybe three to five days, but 14 days is almost three times longer than a five-day period, which I would have been able to maneuver comfortably in the, in the state that I would actually have to be in in preparation for a war, you know. Um, and, so, and, so, and so basically, another thing was, you know, um, no sparring last week. No last week sparring. No proper, no proper peaking or proper performance training to the point to where so I do peak because – you know, I mean, you, you, you've been around the boxing world for quite some time. So basically, you know, the last week of sparring is where you actually would almost peak and then you come down a little bit and then fight day, boom, you let it all out. But but I would have to have missed that whole last week of sparring. But I'm in there by myself anyway. So what would I do? Push-ups? What, uh, sit-ups? What, jogging place? What, shadow box? I'm all by myself for 14 days. That is not a proper and safe way to be able to have a world-class fighter prepare for a title fight, 12 round fight. So we have, so, so, so we have performance enhancement drugs, right? And so we also have performance diminishing things that actually prevents people from peaking and prevent people from performing the way that they need to perform during a fight. And that's not recommended. A lot of fighters, a lot of trainers. Sex is not recommended within with, within a fourteen day period. Um, drinking, getting drunk, being under some type of influence is not recommended. Uh, you just sitting around is not really recommended. You got to get up. You have to walk. You need sunlight. You need to be able to you know breathe and be you, you're comfortable. You're in war mode. And so I don't think that being quarantined in a hotel room for two weeks and then getting out the day of the day of the weigh in. You know, I might, I might come out like this. Damn, like this bright. Like, damn, I'm, I don't know, I don't know what state I will come out in, and I just don't think that I could properly, properly train, you know, to be able to prepare for that fight. And as a fighter, regardless of who you are, you, this promoter does not know me. He does not know how I practice. He does not know how I, you know, how, how I uh, prepare. And so therefore you have to leave every fighter be within their preparation. If I like to run up and down the hallway, you know, right before a fight, let me do that. I've seen fighters do some of the weirdest things, but 
I never knocked them because that may be the thing that they've always done that actually granted them whatever wins that they have in their career. And so you cannot interfere with the preparation of a fighter because it's not safe. That part is just not safe for the bout and it's not proper preparation. And we want to be able to go in, prepare so we can prepare to win, not prepare to just go in there and feel like, oh man, I feel like shit, man, damn, like, oh, I really should have, I really should have ran, which I couldn't. I really should have sparred, which I couldn't. You know, I really could have did a whole lot of different things, but, you know, I just don't think under those circumstances that was a safe enough route for me to take, being though this is a high caliber fight. If you could have left today and started your quarantine tomorrow and gotten out a week before the fight, would you have done that? Well, that there was an option that wasn't clear to me, but at the same time, I would still need... I would still need my forms to prep, you know, to prepare. If you put me, if, if you put a, so, so here, here were some of the other things that I was thinking initially, because initially my, my thought process is there's no quit. We got to work this out. God, I don't like the circumstances, but let's just see if, if, if this will work mentally, you know, work, run it past myself, you know, you know, time and time just to repeat it to myself so I can understand it. So I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm going to need a treble in the room. I'm gonna need a trainer with some pads or something. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need. I'm, I'm going. To, there's going to be a list of things that I'm actually going to need. This is a. This is a fight. We train. We we hurt. We we bleed. You know. We we we, we tire. We. This is this is the preparation that you actually need. So regardless. So if so if 14 days is just too long, and I was saying, how about I take a test before I get there, right? Uh, take a test when I get there, quarantine until the test clears. And then upon my release, take another test. And if you want me to take a test every single day, I wouldn't have had to take a test every single day. Because what's the difference between a vaccinated person and an unvaccinated person when a vaccinated person can still contract the, uh, the COVID-19 thing? So it's just like, why are you making me go through all of this when everybody else is not going through all of this? I would think that, you know, there's no difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated at this point. And people say, you know, oh, well, you don't have to go to the hospital. You don't have to severe. I'm, I'm a 30. And on my birthday, my 37th birthday, I had to deal with the decision of saying, OK, this is it. So my birthday was uh, was Saturday, the, the 25th. But basically, I'm just thinking like, OK, what's the difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated at this point? Especially if I'm willing to test numerous of times. That's that's very annoying, period. But I'm willing to do it because I'm like, okay, I'm coming into this space, you know, uh, all right, well, if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. Anything but take away from the training. You know, you could you could put me somewhere in the in the boondocks. If they got a ring, if they got a bag, and I got my two men, my two trainers that I need to be able to to be able to work and do do whatever I need. Or if it's sparring, one sparring partner, that's all we would need just to work on things, but you, you you need tools. You cannot unequip a man with tools and send him into the battlefield. You can't do that. You, can, you cannot do that. I'm sure, Brian, uh, a lot of people will listen to this, watch this, and say, look, just go get vaccinated. You can have your title fight. What would you say to that? Well, I would say I don't need it. I'm, I'm a 37-year-old young athlete. Uh, I mean, I'm the same person. I just tweeted this earlier. I'm the same person that stopped eating meat in 2013, and I went vegan in 2015. I fought Vladimir Klitschko vegan. You know, no meat, no dairy, no no none of that because I wanted to better my health 
and I wanted to make sure that I take care of myself right now so I can so I can achieve the longevity fruits some fruits of you know of, of, of me taking care of myself and I'm that same person that's a health that's a health health type of person I don't have any ailments I don't have any known ailments uh, I'm, I'm and you know sometimes people say you're only healthy because you don't have any issues okay whatever it is I'm not, I don't have any issues so yes I'm considered healthy um, I work out, I drink water, I drink, I eat, that's all I eat is fruits and vegetables. And my diet definitely consists of 80%, maybe to even sometimes 90% of a whole food diet to the point where it's those like the processed stuff and the burgers, the vegan burgers and all that stuff like that. That's, 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 that's to a minimum. You know, I barely, I barely even eat those type of things. I may eat those things maybe twice a week or maybe just like on a weekend, but it's not even, it's not even nothing, you know, but I'm still vegan all 100%. So you know, um, a, a something, someone of my, someone of my status, you know, and, and the way I carry myself is not at high risk of anything other than, okay, if you catch COVID, you know, you sit down right there, sit a whole pineapple. Whenever I never felt good, whenever I felt like something with it, you eat the whole pineapple. My pineapple was filled with a lot of, with a lot of vitamins. And these are the things that they don't want us to actually do or if they don't understand it then they look down on the person that actually does it so i just don't believe that i need a vaccine for something that i'm not i'm not scared of like 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 what's it going to do to me is it going to kill me no nah. i have an air concentrator myself my brother caught covid back in back, back in back in november or whatever whatever month it was and i went down there no mask no nothing hooked up the air concentrator Slapped on his, slapped on his mouth, told him this, slapped some, slapped some vitamins and things in there, and you know, and it held him over. You know, he still wanted him having to go to the hospital because there were certain things that he felt as though he just couldn't do, and he had other ailments probably as well. But it was just like, yo, I'm, this is something that I don't fear. I don't fear. And so, if my, if, 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 if my security is breached, I tighten my security. And so, the way I tighten my security, water, alkaline water fruits, vegetables, uh, uh, herbs, uh, show you my refrigerator right now, refrigerator full of sea moss. So these are the things that it's not, I feel as though for me personally, it's just my choice. I feel as though we, ha we have I, seen, I Brian, we, we have seen supremely conditioned boxers catch COVID and have significant issues. I mean, Teofimo Lopez was really sick after he caught COVID. Joe Smith, you, you, light you heavyweight just, champion, he had to have his fight canceled, was in the hospital after catching okay, COVID. Okay, but I, I still ain't never catch it. And you said just condition. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying what I am means that I'm not going to get it. I'm, I'm answering the question of why, why I don't think I should get it. And so uh, I've heard, I've heard, it's people from the game changers, uh, you know, that said, okay, no, I, I actually caught it. I said, damn, you can really catch it. And plus, there's another thing that 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 helps that helps secure my decision on not getting it because. A person that's uh, that's uh, uh, O positive, blood type O positive, is less likely to contract the virus. And I and I still know people who don't eat like me, who don't work out like me. You know, they might not even have been um, uh, O positive, but they haven't caught they haven't caught it as well. So my whole thing is, I'm I am willing to take the chance because I focus more on my health, my health, what I want, and not what someone else says is good for me. I focus on my health before anyone tries to, you know, you know, um, you know, infiltrate or penetrate my health. And I, I focus on it myself. And so therefore, I don't think that I need to get it. 
Because what because what 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 am I getting for? And then when you have it, you create the antibodies for. And so therefore you're less likely to receive any any you know any any crazy uh, outcomes from that anyway. So what's the I don't get it. I guess the question then is, in your mind, what's the downside? If you don't think you need it, do you see a downside in actually getting it? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just the downside from the health aspect. We're not even going to get into the other aspect of 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 of. We're going to leave that. We're going to leave that to the side. The most important part is is the the one reason that I'm willing to share with the world. That you know, the one that makes sense to all, the one that should make sense to all, the one that the perspective that should be shared by all, you know, and I, that's the one that I care to share with the world and let them know exactly why I feel as though I don't need this. So, what do you think? What do you think should happen with this Rivas fight? What are you asking for with this Rivas fight? So, I think I just think that with the Rivas fight, they should actually first of all have it somewhere where it can happen. But I also understand that Rivas has situations and he has elements to the point that where only Canada will will actually license his fight. It's one of the reasons why you can't get it get get it for anywhere else. And there were other fighters that actually almost suffered the same thing as me, you know, with cancellations and pullouts and stuff like that. Now, if it's a situation where where you have to we have to do things like that, you have to make sure that you can bend the rules for the other person. If you if you really believe that he can beat me. You know, if you really believe that he he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the victor. Come, you know, come come whatever date the fight is scheduled to be. Then okay, make make way. Like if you're that confident, then still make way for 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 one of his opponents to be. Because what you're doing to him, you're actually wasting his time. You're wasting mine, but you're wasting his too. Because what what you gonna do? Okay, you are gonna win the fight. You gonna put a belt around your waist, and then you ain't gonna be able to fight again because they're gonna either strip it from you because whatever whatever. It's it's, it's still not. It's still not making sense for him. So that's one of the reasons why I'm just going like, wow, they want him to really win this fight this bad, like just to get the belt and I guess to have a parade in Canada. But what else after that? It's like, no, you have you have no real plans. You have no real power within yourself, mental, uh, help, uh, physically, health-wise, to the point where so you can even carry out such a title. You know, because once you once you start doing all of this and you start, you know, now you can. Now they can't find. They probably can't find an opponent right now. And I'd be surprised if they had to reschedule his fight. That had to be rescheduled and rescheduled again and canceled and, and switched opponents. And now who else are you gonna have to come back and look for? You gonna have to see me again. You gonna have to be like, um, since the fight is rescheduled, does that mean that I'm back on board based off of the rankings? You know. And then one one last thing, I'm really not liking the lack of support from a lot of a lot of entities that could actually have said. Yay or nay? I'm not hearing enough. I'm not hearing shit. I'm not hearing. I'm. I'm. I'm is this? I'm, I'm allowed to curse or no? Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I mean, even even though I haven't said the curse word the whole time, but I'm just saying. But I, I wanted to really just be expressive in that, you know, at that point. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not hearing anything, and I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't name drop nothing. But I'm just not hearing anything. A yay or a nay or 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 a statement or whatever. And I'm just thinking like. Dog, like dog, these these dudes owe me twenty. Now, mind you, if I was to get my money, then I could be like, okay, time is wasted, but the money's not because now I wasted so much money and I wasted so much time. I got I get snuff. I wasted money. I wasted time and I wasted the money that I was actually looking forward to. And I'm just thinking like, oh, I'm 37 years old. I ain't getting no younger. And I'm just thinking like, damn, like y'all, you you could really do that, like. 
you know, and then you just, just tell me, go, you know, fuck off. And I'm just thinking like, really? Like for what? And then for this reason, it don't make no sense. I've been, I'm, you, 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 you've known me since, since the 2011, 2012 years. I've been one of the most conditioned heavyweight fighters people have seen in years. I've been the most disciplined fighter people have seen in years. Please don't expect nothing else from me. Please don't expect nothing, nothing less than, nothing less than pure, pure natural ability from me. And so when someone wants to, wants to bring in something that's not necessarily good for all, then it's, it's, it makes no sense for, for B.Y. Jennings. It makes no sense for me. It, it really makes no sense. For anybody that knows me, somebody be looking at him like, I knew you ain't think he was going to do that. Mm. Without reading my tweets or reading my Instagram, you know, um, at B.Y. Jennings, by the way. You know, but it's just, I'm just not the person that I, I would think that they would expect to even fall for something like this. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, I hope it works out for you, man. I hope you get this opportunity. You've worked very hard. As, as you know, uh, throughout the course of your career. Thanks for kind of walking me through this and joining me here on the show. Appreciate it, man. Always, Chris. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Gareth A. Davies and Bryant Jennings for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast wherever you download podcasts. And next week, I've got it on good authority. We're going to be able to track down Sergio Mora. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge-to-edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.